Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of BR Football Ranks, live from the home dressing room at the home of football, Wembley Stadium. This weekend, hundreds of City supporters and Watford well-wishers will wander and weave down Wembley Way, wanting and wishing that the Supreme stop to their season will see them succeed in the search for soccer's most storied shield, the timeless, iconic FA Cup trophy, which is set right here next to me today. My name is Jack Collins, and I hope that you will abide with me as we take a stroll down memory lane and also look forward to the final with some very special guests. I'm in sterling company as ever, with two men well able to foster a discussion from determining who will be able to walk her away with that glorious silver trophy to working out the shades of grey in who's had more success this season. Firstly, a man who was behind the goal at Kennington Oval when Wanderers won the first ever FA Cup in 1872 and who, rumour has it, actually performed the first ever rendition of Abide With Me at a cup final all the way back in 1927. It's the sovereign of the switch, the transfer title an emperor of the exclusive Dean Jones cheers mate hello (laughs) and this man here refused to sleep last night as he insisted on ranking all 137 FA Cup finals instead the king of correcting chaos the oligarch of order it's Rank God Sam Tai. Hello, Jack. Hello. This special edition of BR Football Ranks is brought to you by the Emirates FA Cup and BBC Sport. You can catch Saturday's final on BBC One in the UK with live coverage starting at 3.55pm ahead of the 5pm kickoff at this very ground. So, later on we're going to be joined with two very special guests, everybody's favourite impressionist, Al Foran, and the man who scored a winner shocked the world in this very final in 2013 the scourge of city shall we say ben watson <laughs> before that though we have a game to preview and for this week's hot takes i'm going to mix it up i'm going to ask you each to take one side of a debate and convince me that you're right there are two questions dean you're going to be representing city hey. and sam your team watford mm-hmm. so which team has had the better season according to their pre-season expectations well i'm going to say man city because you told me to. Anyway, no team I've seen <laughs> in the past 20 years has had the same expectation 120 this years, this is. Man City team has had. I'm going to include Man United's treble winners in 1999. Like, they did not have this same expectation. If Man City don't win even a game, they're considered failures. They're, not only that, they were expected to go out and win four trophies. The combination of their financial power and the fact they've got the best coach in the world means they have to achieve everything they possibly can. This isn't just because money can buy you great players. It means you've got to get the best out of those players. And Pep has done that to near perfection with Man City this season. No side has ever won so much while playing so well as this Man City team has. I don't think we'll ever see a team do it again. Certainly won't see a Man City team dominate like they have done. Um, Even their one blip this season, losing the Champions League to Tottenham, they even won that game 4-3. And they could have won it 5-3 if it wasn't for VAR, which wouldn't have existed last season. They would be probably in the Champions League final right now going for the quadruple. They got 98 points in the Premier League, which is unbelievable on the back of the points record that they set the year before. They've won the league this season with a run of 14 consecutive wins when everyone's starting to doubt them. Can they keep it up? Can they keep it up? Yes, they can. Even churning out a few 1-0s. Pep raised expectations when he landed in England, English football, and he has absolutely delivered to the point. 
Sam, flip it. I'd say City have been about par for the course. (laughs) Watford, however, it's very difficult, I think, to overstate how good a job Javi Gracia, the manager of Watford, has done this season. If you consider the circumstances that they came into the season with, because in the transfer window last summer, they were frantically trying to find a goal scorer. They tried to find Paco Alcacer or someone else who ended up going to Borussia Dortmund because they were worried that they didn't have enough goals in this team to potentially stay in the league. There were some people, me included, who questioned whether or not they actually had the quality to stay up because of the holes in their team. Gracia has not seemingly not had a problem with that at all. He has produced one of the most tactically balanced and one of the most the sternest teams in the league. His midfield is amazing. Etienne Capou and Abdoulaye Decoré are completely press-resistant and they dominate games against even the best sides. Gracia has had injuries all through the defence to deal with all season long and he's had to chop and change his strikers as well. But the formation and the tactics that he has produced have been amazing and they have got the very best out of all of those players. He doesn't have that many difference makers. Since Roberto Pereira's form has dropped off, it's really all been about De La Feu. Troy Dini's been suspended. Andre Gray's been on and off. All of these problems, Gracia finds a way through. They have dropped off a little bit at the end of the season, but that's because they're in this FA Cup final. And it can take this season from amazing to sensational if they win it. Okay, very, very good. Well done, both. Are you going to pick a winner? No. No, I'm going to let the people decide. Let the people decide. Hit us up, Twitter, Instagram, let us know who you think won the debate. One more question. Who has more on the line? Man City. I'll start with you. Well, Man City do because they're on the verge of making history. I mean, they're looking at a domestic treble here, which hasn't been achieved before. And if they don't achieve that treble, then their season is actually going to be pretty average, despite everything I've just said. If they don't top it all off by winning the FA Cup, then you're going to look back in history and say, oh, yeah, it looks like a decent season. They won the league and they won the Carabao Cup. It's not going to stand out to you. Also, the whole fraud thing around Guardiola, people are going to start saying it again if he only ends his season with two cups. That's, and That's such a ludicrous thing to say. Imagine that only we're finishing the season with two. I don't trophies. disagree with but, you. But especially if he loses a final to Watford. It would be different if he lost a final against Liverpool, against Tottenham. Um, but it wouldn't be. It would be losing a final to Watford. I think Man City have got so much more on the line. Okay, Sam? There is more on the line for City, but plenty on the line for Watford as well. Second FA Cup final in history, the first for 35 years. They've never won the tournament. As I said, this would make it an absolute dream season. The fans will already remember this team and they will celebrate this team and certain players. This would just top it off. 50 points in the Premier League and an FA Cup final. It's pretty good. 50 points in the Premier League and an FA Cup win is amazing. Place in Europe, though? Place in Europe as well. I mean, look, th- th- this is a game-changer for Watford, an absolute game-changer. But there is, there is more on the line for Man City. I'll give Dean that one. Because of the stakes, Watford come into this as the underdog, but they've still got so much to achieve here. Excellent. Well, that's pretty much all we've got for this week's Hot Takes. We'll be back just after the break with the first of our special guests. We're delighted to be joined now by impressionist and comedy legend Al Foran, who's going to be helping us out with a pre-match conference. Al, thank you so much for joining us. Ah, it's good to be here. Great is to it, be here. Yeah. Is it difficult watching a City final as a United fan? Um, no, not really. No, it's not because we're nowhere near their level at the minute, and they've they've got as far as they as they are now. And yeah, I think United just need to focus on, on sorting themselves, themselves right? sorting themselves out instead of Liverpool and City. You know. Well, we, we thought that it would be only right, seeing as we are here at Wembley, to talk to a man with a treble on the line. So, 
welcome to our press conference with Pep Guardiola. And I'm going to throw you to esteemed journalists, Sam Tai and Dean Jones, who are, are going to prepare the questions. Some tough questions coming for you, Pep. Pep, thanks for taking the time to speak to us. We really appreciate it. Enough, we'll start Pep. off as we usually would. You've had a week, nearly a week, to get prepared for this one. Uh, do you feel fully prepared, given that you had the title-winning game on Sunday? You know, of course, you know, we are always prepared, always play good, you know, pass, 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 move, uh, movement all the times, you know, so no party, no party, no drinking, none of that, you know, very prepared, good. You say that, I saw some partying on Sunday, certain players were having a good time, right? Of course, but, but the next day they are okay, okay, no hangover, okay. Baraka into them, yeah, one, two, three, good, to train, ready for a game, okay? Who was the drunkest? Benjamin Mendy, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. What impresses you about Watford? What kind of game are you in for? You know, they're a very tough team to play, Tokori, uh, Stradini, uh, Jared Refugio, so good player, played for Barcelona when I was manager there, so very good player, very tough, you know, tough, but we will probably steamroll through them, Pep. of course. Pep, can you talk us through the cardigan that you've worn all season and, and will, will the final be the last time we see that cardigan? You know, it's, it's, uh, you believe in superstition? See? Yeah, yeah. That's what I wear. I wear the cardigan for superstition because I win lots of games. 14 games unbeaten with that cardigan on, okay? It may smell like uh, body odor, but it smells okay to me. Is it true that Sterling will be playing this one with the uh, Premier League trophy balanced on his head? Well, of course, you know, he's, he's been superhuman this season, so I believe he can, he can do that. Also with the, you know, the, the um, league cup on his shoulder too. Yeah, of course. Pep. Okay. How do you okay. see the touchline battle going? Do you see any arguments going on with Cavi Grazia at the weekend? How are you going to deal with him? No, it's, it's all about respect. You know, you have to respect the other manager. And, you know, if, if there is a TV, maybe there is a TV, but no, just respect. You know, shake his hand after the game, after he's lost maybe 5 or 6 nil. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> and in the Champions League, we obviously saw your joy turn to despair when a goal mm. was ruled out. What if mm. there's a last twist in the plot and Watford end up really crushing your dreams how do you think you'll react on the sidelines very stupid question why is it a stupid question because it's a stupid question okay <laughs> silly well I think that probably concludes our press conference I think Pep's getting Pep's, the Pep's about to walk out it's just yeah, like a so score uh, prediction <laughs> from Pep official score prediction for the game before he leaves 5 nil. See. Five nil from Pep. How do you genuinely think it's going to be five nil? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, I do. Very good. Well, after the break, we're going to be back with a bona fide legend of the FA Cup, winning goal scorer in 2013, Ben Watson. Al's going to be joining us a little bit later to go through his top three impressions of all time. Don't go anywhere. It's BR Football Ranks, a special ranks live from the home dressing room at Wembley. And we are joined by a man who wrote his name into Wigan, FA Cup and Wembley folklore here on this hallowed turf. It's 2013 final hero and winner, Ben Watson. Ben, an absolute honour to have you on here. Thanks for having me. You must have very fond memories of this place. I do, yeah. Um, It's this time of year again where it all comes again. Um, yeah, fantastic memories, the, the, the result, the day, everything that went with it. Um, part of history now. Yeah, history very much, that, very you know, much that so. can't be taken away. So, yeah, yeah, great memories. Well, we're going to do a special main ranking this week. Sam, you see our ranker in chief over here, and he has done a ranking of the, the three most epic cup finals I suppose in the last 10 20 years Sam last 20 years yeah we had to go a little bit further back um, but I've got three good ones so I'm going to go three to one and we're going to start with Arsenal three hole two in 2014 
a game I was at, a game eight minutes in, I was thinking, what the hell is happening? Because Hull were 2-0 up already. So Curtis Davies and James Chester had scored. Predictably, Hull had taken advantage of set pieces and gone, and gone two up. And it took like a long time, until the 71st minute for Arsenal to draw level in that game. And for a long time, it really looked like Hull were going to win the FA Cup. It was going to be another Wigan, basically, a year It was very Wengerish, wasn't it, up to that point? It was, yeah. But they managed to crawl into extra time. And to be fair, at that point, over 120 minutes, the quality starts to tell, I think, more, more so than over 90 minutes. And Aaron Ramsey scored the winner. But for a long time, I was thinking, wow, the thing I planned to write today, because I attended the game, the thing I planned to write today isn't going to happen. I'm going to have to think about something else here. And this was, this was, a, this was a crazy game. And with, with the Wigan memory fresh as well, it was like, it's happening again. It was mad. Yeah, it was. Remember that one? It was a big one, yeah. As you say, Arsenal got themselves out of jail in the end. But I remember at the time, the fans, obviously, around that time as well, were really turning on Wenger, weren't they? So it was like, that might have been him, to be honest, if they'd have lost that final to Hull. Yeah, and then obviously, you took fine margins, because you turn it around. And then over that period, even though Wenger was under a hell of a lot of pressure, he became the guy that won the FA Cup <laughs> quite a lot. It was their saving grace, in a way. It was like, oh, he's, got, he's done it again. He's done it again. But they were so Give close contract. To, to messing that one up. So, so close. In terms of the pressure that's on those teams, Ben, when, when you're 2-0 you know, up or down in, in those kind of games, how much does the crowd start to play a part? I think, first and foremost, the from the start of the game, the pressure would have been on Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. You know, Hull under no pressure whatsoever. Come into the game, enjoy the game, go 2-0 up. You think, we've cracked it. Then all of a sudden, Arsenal 2-0 down, pressure's off them. Go and play. Go and do it. You know, just go and play. Go and enjoy it. And that's what they would have done. And to be 2-0 down, knowing that this is a disaster. And then, obviously, the big, the big players start to turn up. And... And I think in football, when you have them big players, the last 20, 25 minutes of games are huge. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, you put so much into the game. And Hull would have, you know, for 70 minutes, 2-0 up, put huge amounts of effort into it. Would have been a hot, sunny day at, at Wembley. And then all of a sudden, that quality that Arsenal have starts to shine through. Yeah, fair enough. Right, so I'm also in at two. And number two is West Ham's 3-3 draw with Liverpool back in 2016. I'm actually going to throw it to Dean to explain this one because he was behind the goal. <laughs> I was. wasn't actually behind the goal, but wasn't it a game? Um, it was unreal. West Ham raced into a 2-0 lead. And I'm familiar. The theme to this. <laughs> <laughs> and as we were just saying there, Ben was saying about it takes this pressure off you kind of like, obviously Liverpool were expected to win this final. Um, and Gibril Cisse got them back into the game at 2-1. And it kind of changed the feel a little bit at, the, at that point. You're like, OK, here we go. And then it comes back to 2-2. Um, Gerard scores. But then there's a massive twist again because West Ham go 3-2 up. Paul Koncheski, of all people, um, not sure he completely meant it. Um, <laughs> but that was it. West Ham were leading. Less than half hour to go. And the time was ticking down and you were like... This ain't going to happen. Like Liverpool are actually going to lose a cup final to West Ham. Obviously a massive deal for West Ham uh, to even be in the final, let alone go on and win it. And then in injury time, Captain Gerrard steps forward with an unstoppable drive. Uh, about 30 yards out. It's literally in stoppage time. Um, clearance drops to him. And honestly, you could have had two keepers in. They wouldn't have stopped it. And it was just chaos. You know, It was Liverpool back in it, 3-3, forces extra time. Ends up going to a penalty shootout and Liverpool win the shootout 3-1. But um, as finals go, I mean, I'm amazed this isn't at number one, to be honest, in Sam's rankings. Because mm. as in terms of <laughs> drama, intensity, 
Everything. This game had absolutely everything to it, apart from the fact it wasn't at Wembley. It was the last final played at Cardiff, so maybe that's why it's not there because it wasn't as good a stadium. No, I think that was very much <laughs> part of it. Obviously, it went to a penalty shootout at the end there, Ben. How stressful is that in such a big occasion? Is it one of those things that you can't ever really prepare for because like, it's unprecedented almost? Yeah, I think so. I think you, you can practice in training every day. You could hit 10 penalties a day, score every one, but... Put yourself in front of 60,000 people, cup final, nerves get the better of you. Um, again, with West Ham that day, 2-0 up, cruising. Um, but I think that t- at that time of Liverpool, it was it, they relied so much on Gerrard, didn't they? Did, they yeah. um, you know, every, everything good that they'd done came through Gerrard. And for me, it would, it, it's the greatest FA Cup goal um, yeah. there's ever all, been. Ben. Have you seen them all? I've not seen them all, but for, for me, you know, growing up watching the FA Cup, that is the one that stands out, I think, other than myself, but that one stands out and, you know, unbelievable strike to, you know, to get them back into it. I think once the momentum swings so far one way and then back again and it comes back at your West Ham, like, surely we can't do anything more almost to, to win this. No, because you, you're minutes away from, from winning the Cup, yeah, yeah. you know, and then, then that happens and then, you know, you've got another 30 minutes and... You know, you get through that, and then and then you do. You get. The, I think. I think once West Ham, when it went three three, West Ham are thinking, right, let's get through extra time, let's get to penalties, and then then it's a fifty fifty, and yeah, that's- you know, it's it's one of them things that happens, and. Liverpool come out on top. Of course. Sam, I have a feeling I know what's going to be a number one, but I dare you to confirm it. Almost by design, <laughs> it's Wigan 1, Manchester City 0. The chap to my left had something to do with this one. It's a 91st minute goal settled this one. And you came on in that 81st minute as well. So we talk about impact sub, that's the ultimate impact sub. For context... City finished second in the league that season with 78 points and Wigan sadly three days later were relegated from the Premier League so in, t- in terms of like your, your giant killing this is right up there and for me like Wigan were the, the better team for the entire game tactically set up superbly Roberto Martinez always used to change his formations around and he responded to every City change and he managed to funnel like Aguero and Tevez and Nasri, really quality technical players, funneled them into the middle and managed to block them off. And Yaya Torre wasn't in the game at all. Aruna Kone up front working his socks off on the counter-attack. It was really impressive stuff. And then you pop up with the header. Talk us through that. Well, first and foremost, I get all the credit for that that day, but like you say, I only played 10 minutes. But, you know, the first 80... The, the, the team were fantastic like you say you touched on it uh, the gaffer got tactics spot on um, each and every man was brilliant you know you, it's, we knew going into the game City had to have an off day which maybe they did um, and we had to be at our best and, and that was the case um, you know, we rode our luck early in the game keeper Ali Abzi made no sorry it weren't Ali it was Joel Robles made a couple of big saves um, and then we calm down and then play some fantastic stuff and like you say I fully deserve the game I mean what's the mindset there like when you're coming on you've got 10 minutes to make an impact here it's locked at nil-nil it's tense what's mm. your mindset going into that situation well I think managers they're judged on, on substitutions so you know they're bringing on players to, to affect the game so they don't just bring on subs for the sake of bringing on subs they bring them to affect the game whether that's seeing out a game or, or going on to try and win a game and that was our you know, we was on top at the time and I don't know why he brought me on because I'm, I wasn't exactly an attacking midfielder but <laughs> I, I got off. out there which was nice and 
Zabaleta got sent off minutes later, which was a huge, huge relief and a huge buzz for us because mm. we knew this was it. This this was the time we we could win. We could be legends. We can win the FA Cup. Um, and and that was the case, you know. Going down to ten men, we had to go for it. We went for it. We got the goal, and the rest is history. In terms of you know how you scored, it's ninety first minute, as Sam said. There's a couple of minutes after that. Are they a blur? Did you you know what's the kind of you know unless you score with almost the last kick of the mm. game, there's always going to be that kind of two three minutes of like mad pressure at the end of a game. How do people deal with that? It does. Do you like remember it, or is it just one of those things that sort of passes by in, in a kind of whirlwind of emotion? It, yeah, it does. And I, I remember that once we had scored, they had kickoff. They went down. They got a few passing down our right. They got a throw in, long throw into the box, and it was bouncing around. And, and all you want, you just want to get the, you want, it, you just want to kick <laughs> anyway, it as far yeah. as possible. Um, and that's what we've done. But for myself, it was a, it was a, it was a strange year because early on in the year I broke my leg. Yeah. Um, so to come back, you know, a, a two weeks before the final um, was a great achievement in myself to to come back that quick, but. So obviously, to get out there and, and get the winning goal was 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 a dream come true. Yeah, definitely. In terms of you know, let's move to, to kind of tomorrow's game or to Saturday's game. In the Watford will come in as as underdogs. Um, you've got to look at you know what would the changing room be like beforehand. What what's the kind of mentality I guess has come into a final against a team like City. You know, in, mm. in terms of deja vu, I suppose a little bit, but. You know, you come into it and you think, what, what's, it, what's it like and what, what's the build-up like? They've got to enjoy the day, I think, first and foremost. Enjoy the day, take it all in, because it's not... You don't get an FA Cup final every year. Um, the City boys do, you know, the, the big teams do, but... Um, but I think this year, I think they're a different animal, City, personally. I think I think the team we beat was, was very good, um, top, top players... I think City now got them top players one to eleven, one to eighteen, plus that top manager. Um, so it's going to be tough for them. But again, no pressure on Watford. Um, it's all on City. Uh, they've they've just got to enjoy the day. Hope City have an off day. Watford are at their maximum. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the only way they can win the game. But Watford have the tools to, to win this game, right? I mean, they've showed to be. A very resistant side. They showed to be a very, very good side this uh, this season. If City have that off day, Watford can do this, right? I think so. I think they need to have an off day. See, I think you look at Watford's form of late. It's, it's dipped since since they got to the final. Yeah, definitely. They've had yeah. a huge dip in form. Does that? I mean, have you seen that plenty of times before? You, do players naturally start to hold off a little bit ahead of a final? Because people talk about that being the case. Mm. Is it the case? Does that happen? I'm not too sure. I think. I think you see it in league in in the league as well when teams reach that forty point mark. Mm. You know they could reach it with ten games to go, and then all of a sudden they have a huge dip and don't win any games to the end of the season. Um, I, I don't think it will be. It is a slight worry because you know their form up until the semis. You know there was seventh, eighth in the league, yeah. fantastic. All of a sudden they've had that dip. They're losing games, but they're not just lo- the last few games. They're not just lost. They've it's sort of a bit of a hit. Yeah. Um, is that where like the big characters have to step in? Someone like Troy Troy Deeney. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think Troy Troy will be up for it. You know, he always is, and he'll be he'll be he'll be at him. But I think more than anything, is 
it, they they have I think City have got to have an off day. I, th- I do believe I think City have, they've got the two trophies in the bag. This is for the treble. Um, they're used to the big big games, the big pressure, um, but they need to have an off day. And, and, and Watford need to be at their best. It feels like they've had about five consecutive off days in the Premier League, but they've somehow still managed to win the league. Because because watching them play recently, it's been kind of difficult at times because it's been very mechanical. They've looked very nervous. Mm. Maybe that extends into this into this sixth game, and maybe that's what it tips it over for Watford. They did that in in the semi final. They looked very nervous against Brighton for long stretches mm. of, yeah, of the did. game. So. You know, it's not unprecedented to suggest that they might. I think that's a sign of a good team. Yeah. I think, you know, early on in the season, blowing teams away. And then these last five, six games where they've sort of, st- I wouldn't say stumbled over the line, but they, they, they've won, they've got them one nils. They've got they ground it out. They've they? ground it out, which I think people didn't know if they had that. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a question over that. Can they grind it out? Can they, can they win ugly? And I think they've proved that. Okay. Very much right. Well, we will be back very shortly with the famous bleacher roulette. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. We are here at Wembley thanks to the Emirates FA Cup, and we are still joined by FA Cup legend Ben Watson for bleacher roulette. We haven't got the ability to keep the wheel in the middle this time, Dean, so you're going to spin and read the questions for everyone. So, do you want to start off with yourself and we'll, we'll go from there? Okay, I'll be an honour, Jack. I could be here a while. That's a big spin. <laughs> What's the first FA Cup final you can remember watching? Wasn't yours like 1872? What was that white horse? What was that white horse? <laughs> at the Kennington Oval. Right. Okay, enough of the old jokes. Um, <laughs> the first cup final I actually remember was uh, Man United Crystal Palace in 1990, I think it was. So it was 3 3. The final was 3-3 and then it went to a replay and Man United won 1-0 and Lee Martin scored the winner. And I think they should bring back FA Cup replays. I hate cup finals that are decided on penalties. Hate it. Because it's just nonsense. <laughs> it's like, it could be anything could happen. It does not reflect who deserves to win a trophy. So on the back of my 1990 memories, I'm saying bring it back, bring back especially replays. for Lee Martin. Yeah. All right, Sam? Logistical nightmare he would yeah, be, wouldn't he? Really Unbelievable. Is. Getting 90,000 people to Wembley once is hard enough. The Twice, thing is, you do it again on. on the Wednesday night. It's amazing. Three <laughs> days later, you have to come back. Yeah. Um, I was born in 1990, so that puts that in perspective. Um, I think it's actually Man United beating Millwall at the Millennium Stadium. So that is as late as 2004. I just was like, mostly just like playing football while the FA Cups were on, just like out, out and about and stuff. I didn't necessarily sit there and, and watch that many, that much televised football until I was about 16 or something, which has created really weird gaps in my knowledge and memory. But I think it's when Man United beat, beat, uh, yeah, beat Millwall quite convincingly. That was a terrible final. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. I'm going to have to go... I, f- I think it was 95... 96, was that? What was the game? Man United Liverpool Liverpool can 96 I, uh, 96 yeah. yeah or the one before that 95 maybe was that Paul Ryder yeah but I, Paul I was Ryder. at that one Paul Ryder Everton beating Man United head off came off the bar and headed it in yeah um, <laughs> of course he was behind the goal I did go to that game yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I, went to yeah, that I think that's that's my <laughs> earliest um, so yeah big upset again yeah, yeah. So. what about my, you Joe mine's probably Late, I'm you know the baby of the pack as ever. I'm I, I think it is that Liverpool West Ham. It's last year's. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I think that Liverpool West Ham game, which was what 2006. That was 2006. Yeah. So the yeah. year the year before Arsenal drew 
Well, Neil, well been... Arsenal, Arsenal, Man United played, and then before that, Man United played Millwall. You don't remember those two? Arsenal no. United was nil nil over. No, I don't. No. I was, um, yeah, I must have been like nine or ten. Um, well, what so, what a first final for you? Yeah, no, I was uh, I was really introduced in a in a very dynamic way. So, yeah, <laughs> always had a special place in my heart. Yeah, right. Sorry. Sorry. Spin again. That's fine. That's a long question. Mm-hmm. Who's this for? Sam. Goes into Sam. Samuel. <laughs> Would you rather be an underdog with nothing to lose or hot favourite with a better squad of players in your cup final? This is uh, would you rather be City or Watford? <laughs> uh, in this scenario, I would rather be City. Um, I think having, having that quality, um, just, just having, having the quality in the squad and therefore the confidence that goes with it and likely, if you're the hot favourite, having the final experience and the big occasion experience, I, you've got to take that. I think I'm much more prepared. I'm playing the percentages here and I'm much more prepared to go in with that because I think it enhances my, win, my chances of winning the title. I'd rather win the title as the 3-0 favourite then do do the glory lap basically I think because I'm just I just want to win one so just play the percentages obviously I completely disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's no surprise here I, I just think that if you go in as, as a massive underdog one the pressure's off as Ben said earlier um, but but two even if you lose you know and you you, you play you still with, got you, it you, but you, you're kind of it's one of those ones where your fans will still be like they've taken us to a final like that that's amazing in yeah. like our Liverpool so, fans felt pushing City all the way in yeah, the season exactly but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is one of those like, I think that you're scoring the winner as an underdog I mean I refer mm. to the experts yeah. but um, <laughs> the scoring the winner as the underdog must be so much better than winning a final I'm just playing those percentages no, I know you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just want to win anyway yeah, Ben's going to tell ben, us the real answer yeah. underdog um I think I'd rather be Watford this weekend than, than City. Yeah. Like you say, I think you, if Watford win it, it's not just the players that start, it's, it's everyone involved. You know, all the fans. They, they will not forget. I, I think when we won it, them Wigan, them Wigan supporters not forget, will not forget that day for as long as they live. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I'm going to go on underdog. Dean? I can see where Sam's coming from because I do like the idea of walking out at Wembley being like, I'm the best player on this pitch. I will make the difference. Like, we are so good. But then that can obviously go badly wrong when you're in that, that mindset and then you, you just look like a mug at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I'd rather be the underdog. Just see the safe face. Nothing to lose. <laughs> exactly. Nothing to lose. Right, spin one for Ben then, dude. Right. What's the best thing about scoring a winner in a cup? <laughs> <laughs> Who put that there? Who put that in? Where do I start? You ever scored one? Oh, (laughs) where do I start? Um, He's spoken about this for the last hour. Yeah, exactly. So, again, it's just, it's a moment in history that you'll be in history forever. It's something that, you know, my kids, my kids' kids, they'll always look back and they'll see that. Um, And it's something that no one can take away from you. and, And it's what we give the fans that day. Um, was special. When did it hit you though that you you scored that goal? Because obviously, like you get wrapped up in it all at full mm. time and on the pitch and stuff, and obviously you're loving it. But is there a moment when you get home and you're like, whoa? Well, well, the following day, you you know, you look at newspapers, you look at the news and everything, and and my son from when we did win it, you know, what must have watched that video? I don't know how many times, but it was constantly on in there. So, <laughs> forever reminding me, but yeah, amazing feeling. So, 
Check. <laughs> yeah. I actually scored a win in the cup final. It was the under 13s cup final for AGV. That's fine. Um, I was, yeah, I, was re- I came on um, as a sub in the 20th minute because someone got injured. And my dad, this is a good story, my dad was um, coming around the pitch to tell me off because I hadn't got involved at all. Basically, I hadn't touched the ball <laughs> since i come on. And we were playing this team, Beaconsfield, and we were under 14s, and they were all like six foot. And I'm small now. At the time, I was like, Four foot three. I was absolutely minuscule. But at some point we worked out that we had really fast players and they couldn't, they couldn't turn. They were just really big lads. And as my dad's walking around to give me a bollocking, basically, I've, the ball's come over and I've hit a ball as sweet as I've ever hit. It's gone top corner. And he's come around and I'm like, I can't tell him off now. <laughs> to me at half time, he was like, I still want to tell you off because you haven't touched the ball apart from scoring. Well, we won, we won in the end 4 uh, 1. Well so, done, mate. You still got a medal. That was, yeah, I've got my medal and, and the little, you've got a little trophy with a man on it. Yeah. Yeah, a really classic. I bet you've scored a final in a cup final. I've scored a couple of winners in cup finals, yeah, but um, not quite up to Ben's standard, more close to your standard, <laughs> I reckon. I'm the only one sat here who hasn't scored a winner in a cup you final. never scored no. in a cup final? No, I play centre-back, so it's kind of hard. Oh, man. <laughs> you need to put that right. I need to play more cup finals. Yeah. You could just join some teams right, right towards we'll the end play, of the season. We'll all play some finals and we'll see what happens. <laughs> you right. are missing out. One more spin, Dino. Which manager, past or present, is the perfect manager for a one-game win-or-lose match like the FA Cup final? It's a great question. A A phenomenal question. question. Mind immediately starts going to Jose Mourinho. It does, doesn't it? The the immediate force goes to Jose. I I know it's wrong, but... No, go on. It does. I mean, it's, you know, I I think... Maybe Sir Alex is the one you immediately look for. Past or present, yeah. You know, obviously his record was phenomenal throughout his career. Uh, it's it's one of those. I don't think Pep's lost money. Yeah, I, I finals. think Pep's Pep for me. Yeah, yeah I mean, for his record finals, he's had issues getting to the final. But yeah, but when he's in there. the final, I'd like to know how many he's lost. Yeah, he generally, generally doesn't lose him. Yeah, I mean, my mind immediately goes to Mourinho because if you were going to ask one one man to basically like, it's kind of, it has to be like a matchup proof question as well because you, you, you don't know who you're going to face. And if you're going to ask one man to, to basically sit there for a week and go, I need to produce a game plan, a tactical plan for one game that specifically nullifies them and, and accentuates our strengths, the, the, the manager I go to in my head is Jose. Prime, the best at that. Prime Mourinho. Prime, yeah. Chelsea Mourinho. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Porto Mourinho. Porto Mourinho. We're going yeah. way back. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. Yeah, that is true. I don't just don't like current Mourinho, so, but that's, that's a fair shout. Yeah. I think Ferguson, though, is the one for me. Like, when you look back, if you're talking past managers, like, you look at his record, it's, it's unbelievable. And you think of that FA Cup final when they beat Liverpool 1-0 and Cantona scored a really scrappy cup final that was. And... Uh, he made the difference that day and it was a horrible game but Ferguson just usually found a way to see him over the line I tell you I wouldn't want in charge Jurgen Klopp <laughs> it's, it's mad though because this, this is an interesting one because obviously his cup final record is, is it's terrible yeah it's bad but then you look at what he inspired like I bet his team Liverpool tour before a cup final would be amazing so just like surely Champions League might be his time now but like surely. but maybe that's the maybe that's the thing that he's, he's come up against a lot of teams in these cup finals that have been wonderful teams and, and, and that's not completely on him you know he has lost a lot of finals but a lot of them have been against Pep yeah like, you know yeah, you, you that's true a lot of them against it. Bayern yeah precisely and I suppose that probably has some sort of standing in, in what that record is and why it's not 
It's the exact opposite of why Pet Record is so good. good, good yeah. You've added nuance to the discussion there, Jack, that the internet likes to ignore. I, I, do, I do know that the internet <laughs> hates that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's pretty much it for Bleach yep. Roulette. Uh, thank you so much to Ben Watson for joining nice us. One. Thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure. We'll be back one more time after the break with Alf Warren for our Nonsense Rankings. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. Al, back with us, yes. and you're going to do our nonsense rankings. So normally Sam is our resident nonsense guru, <laughs> but we thought we'd switch it up today. And, I get uh, a break. Thank you. Sam yeah. a break, and obviously we're here at Wembley, so we thought we'd do something a little bit level up. Okay. So you're going to walk us through your top three impressions in football for, for us, starting with three, and, and we'll see where we go. I mean, we would start, yeah, third would be Roy Keane. You know, listen, because, you know, he's easy, he talks a bit like that. You know, talking about the social media and football, I think it's a load of nonsense. I think it's terrible. I think the players are just distracted by all this, you know. Can I, can I, can I, I can't swear, can I? I can't say, no, listen, it's a, a load of spade, spade, it's a load of shite. You know, looking at everything on social media, you know, just a load of crap. I don't put the effort in, you know, getting the brand deals and stuff like that. What are you laughing at? <laughs> no, listen, I'm asking you what you find so funny about it. You're laughing about, you know, being on their phones constantly on Instagram and Twitter. And the hair as well. Roy, I, yeah, I heard you like Paul Pogba. Oh, yeah, big fan of him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I wanted to know what Roy thought about champagne not being champagne in the Man of the Match Award anymore. Well, it, it, another nonsensical thing, you know what I mean? What are they giving you? What is it, rose water? Well, just give them a bottle of champagne, you know, it's a celebration. They still do it in Formula One. You know, they pop the champagne open and they're celebrating on the podium. You know what I mean? So I can't see what it's loaded. Absolute nonsense, you know. I don't understand it whatsoever. As Roy goes. Well, who's in at number two then? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more cheerful. <laughs> um, Rio Ferdinand. Yeah, you know, listen. I feel like um, Man City have been fantastic this year. Played unbelievable football from start to finish, you know. So looking at players like Aguero, Sterling, that's what it's all about, you know. They're fantastic, you know, and Pep is doing an unbelievable job as well. So, I mean, Man United have got to get to that in like, 10 years or something like that. You know? How do you respond really, to <clears throat> allegations you're going to be the next director of football at Manchester United? Listen, <laughs> mate, let's... <laughs> allegations. Like it, oh, what do you mean, allegations, mate? That's a lot of... You talking about nonsense, terrible... No, listen, no, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to take on the job. What, you're coming, you're director of football, you're just a little poster boy. Edward will get to make the decisions, you know what I mean? That's what it's going to be. I'm going to make the decision. Oh, yeah, I'm going to bring in a superstar. Shirt sales, commercial success. That's what it's all about at that club. There is no football foundations whatsoever. Well, you can change that. Yeah, you can step in, right? You can help by centre-back. Yeah, maybe. Mourinho tried and he got the sack, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> very, very good. I, mean, I don't know how you can I don't know how you can top that, that one, you can to be honest. That, yeah, we'll see where you got a one. Uh, Louis Van Gaal. Well, it's false. It is United. I could do other ones. Oh, your, your, your tablets fell. It was three years ago I won the FA Cup final with Manchester United. Back then, it was Jesse Lingard who scored the winner. He wasn't doing his J-Links in his social media posts. No, he was a good player for Louis Van Gaal. And then a day later, I find out that I'm getting the sack. And you all find that hilarious, all so funny. If you, I, I was the one that introduced Marcus Rashford. 
to the team. I brought Anthony Martial in. And now look at them. They are not the same player as they were on the Louis van Gaal's red army. You've got beef with journalists before, haven't you? In particular, one journalist upset you one time. He did upset me. He did. <laughs> I won't call what I said to him. I do remember what I said to that man. I left the press conference and I said to him, you know... <laughs> Louis, if you were still in charge at Man United, what would they have achieved in the last few years? Champions League, more FA Cups, League Cups... The Premier League, it was project. I say it was three years building. And by sacking me, they bring that to six years. Fair enough. It is fair enough. And now I'm retired. (laughs) Very proud of what Ajax Amsterdam have done this season. That is how you run a football club. Are you claiming credit for that as well? I am indeed. (laughs) The average age of the team was 23 the average team of the Ajax team that I managed in 1995 with the Champions League was 23. So they are getting the inspiration from Rui van Gaal. Of course they are. You seem like a happy guy, Louis. I mean, what else are you doing away from football? Drinking wine and eating all of the mince pies in the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's phenomenal. <laughs> very good. I wasn't sure how you were going to talk Rio, but I feel like you have absolutely nailed it. Fair play. I miss him very much. <laughs> I can imagine. I can you imagine. hope he gets another job. I, I guess. <laughs> no, he's retired. He's officially retired. He might come out, you know, never know. He might, yeah, he, he might possibly, he possibly might, yeah. So you just walk around, just like generally, just using those impressions. Like when you go to a shop, sometimes you just think, ah, "I'll do Louis Van, Louis Van Gaal today when I go and do my weekly shop." No. <laughs> Why maybe, maybe, this is, maybe this is a series that we should be looking. To we should do that. Yeah. yeah. You did I say mean, to me earlier on though that sometimes you prefer to speak in other yes. people's accents and voices than your own. Yes, it's it's it has come to that point where it's. Yeah, it's, it's easier to do the impressions <laughs> in videos than, than be myself, you know. <laughs> God, when, when did I get boring, you know? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks a million, lads. That's pretty much all we've got time for on this very special VR Football Ranks. Thank you so much to the Emirates FA Cup and to BBC Sport for putting us up in this wonderful home dressing room at Wembley. Remember, you can catch Saturday's final on BBC One in the UK with live coverage starting at 3.55pm, ahead of the 5pm kickoff from this very ground. All that's left for me to do is say thank you so much to Al Foran. Thank you, obviously, to Ben Watson, who joined us earlier. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Cheers, mate. I've been Jack Collins. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whichever kind of podcast store you like. And we'll be back next week, back to the studio in London. Thank you so much for watching. Bye-bye.